Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm joined by one of my family members from another mother, my brother from another mother, I guess, and Scotty Russell. So Scotty's like a little brother I always wanted, but I never knew I wanted. I just love him. And so I'm so excited to have him back. It's been, I think, two years, three years maybe since February I've had you on. February 2016. Okay, so two years. Well, two plus mm -hmm. years. So I'm excited to have you back to being on this Scaling Your Business month. We're doing the month-long Scaling Your Business. And you and I talked because you've really grown a lot in what you're what you are offering, things that you've done. You've tried different things to get either more people on your list or selling products, having workshops, doing all kinds of things that I think will be interesting to our clients. I just, so you guys know, if you come early, I start broadcasting early and then you can ask questions or you can at least, I like to know where everybody's coming from. So Kim Pinella's here. She's from Orlando. Crew, he's in Dallas. I'm just, because I know people, um, so I'm trying to see where people are. Um, I think I saw Daniel Sole. He's in Chapel Hill. So Jason's Augusta, Georgia. Thank you, Joey. So Kalua Kona, the Hawaii Island. All right. And Ryan from Durham. I wear a shirt of Ryan's a lot. Anne is from Richmond, Virginia. Kevin Green's from the whole state of New Jersey. Just so you guys know, Heather, Connecticut, that's awesome. And just so you guys know for the other people that were already here earlier, so Alan, he's one of my students or alumni. He's from Mobile. Amber is from Alabama. Amy Lyons is in North Carolina. And Virginia, Carol Ann's outside of Seattle. Christopher Craig is Ohio. David is Seattle. Jen is Mobile. Devon is from Hungary. Jason Frostholm's also Mobile, Jeremy Rivers, good to see you, buddy. He's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Joey's from Hawaii. Paige Garland is one of my alumni. She's also in Mobile. Are we good? Yes, we're good now. Woohoo! Okay, and Nick's here too. So Nick, he's one of mine also. So I think I talked to everybody. So I'm really, and Tina Frostholm, she's in Mobile too. So thanks for your patience. All right, let give us just a little bit about Perspective Collective and where that's gone. It starts as a side project. It's still really a side project, but it started, because again, we're focusing on how you've grown. So I kind of want to know where you were. All right. So uh, let's see. It started about four years ago. And basically I didn't like the name Scotty Russell Designs or Scotty Russell Studio. It just didn't have that ring to it. And so I was, I was sharing artwork like all the time on Instagram. So I went the more abstract route because, you know, it kind of provided this curtain I could hide behind in case someone didn't like my work. They didn't have to know me. But again, it was just a hobby turned side project. And I mean, it's been LLC for the past three and a half years. So, I mean, it's business generating revenue, just not full time yet, which is the goal. But uh, basically, it's just a platform for me to create, teach and speak under. Uh, I focus on illustrations, hand lettering. And I do a podcast for almost two years now, blogging, creating some kind of pizza collective. Huh. I've created some type of weekly content for about four years now. So that's that's been the whole, I guess, the madness behind it. So it's, it's been a wild ride, especially since I've been on your show last. So uh, people know you love cats and you love pizza, but you weren't really always sharing that in the beginning. So you no. really kind of curated 
your style. So maybe you were doing things a little bit more abstract so that you could distance yourself, right? Taylor said weekly content. You mean awesome podcast? Yeah, whatever. I was trying to do it. Over the last four years, it wasn't always a podcast. So I mean, content is a universal term. So let's start there. So you Mm -hmm. were actually writing and you had a daily habit, I think, or close to daily. Close to it of writing. And this is something I really struggled with. And I don't know if this was something you struggled with in the beginning. When did that get easier? Because I do think a lot of the podcasts that you've done that are just you talking, which I think is really hard to do. So I'm just, and I love those so much, just so you know, I mean, I love the interviews too. Clearly your last one was really good Um, (laughs) (laughs) or a couple ago. Anyway, they all are really good. Actually, I get a ton out of them. Not, not mine necessarily, but what, what helps to get better? Was it just doing it regularly? It was like riding a bike, just doing it consistently. Uh, consistently, And I mean, I still don't consider myself a rider, even though I've been doing it for this long, because it's just, it's weird. Because, you know, I just never thought of it. But um, honestly, it was just the fact that I wanted to like get ideas out there, stop being just a polished Instagram post. And, you know, I have a coaching background, so I had like thoughts, ideas, and encouragement I wanted to share. I wanted to build SEO on my site. And so I just took up blogging. I'm not sure where it was going to go, but I'm, I mean, it's definitely uh, gone way farther than I ever thought. And the whole thought of writing, just writing your ideas down and putting them onto the world and learning how to structure them in bite sized digestible, uh, you know, chunks for people to read and soak up. So it's been, um, yeah, kind of just self-teaching myself along the way. So Doc Reed has a question. and um, Hey, Doc. So he's in Charlotte also. So Jeremy's here. I tried to connect you guys together. I don't know what USP is. What's that mean? Directly to your site or use me. Do you? Uh, so, so anyway, but so I don't know. Anyway, so what about using Medium? Are you posting multiple places or are you taking your post and then sharing it on like having a link and sharing it on Facebook or what were you doing early on to get that? I was just living directly on my site, building on my own land instead of rented land. Cause that's what Instagram is. You're playing by someone else's platform rules. So, you know, the, my website was my mothership and then I just like create the content there and shoot it out to my other different channels and redirect them back to my site. Okay. Hopefully like eventually capturing, you know, maybe a lead or, you know, maybe they go to the next part and find my resources or my shop. So yeah, everything is just within my WordPress, and, and I share it from there. So then you were taking that, and then you were creating a list, right? Creating it so that you would have your own people, your own kind of tribe. Yeah, That's kind of what I – Yeah, 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 building a, a newsletter list just because I've seen the value – of, you know, selling to people, you know, that's, that's big products, launches and stuff like that. Dustin Lee would tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just having a chance for people to connect with me one-on-one just because I comments kind of get lost on blog posts. So, you know, that's, that was like in the beginning, people could have direct access to me and I would have like an onboarding email and I still do of like Mm -hmm. figuring out, you know, what, what's the biggest thing you struggle with your creativity and those answers is what, you know, I listen to and generate content around. So I don't feel like I'm just creating noise that people don't care about. Right. So Dave Clayton says, which I love Dave, he's in the UK. Dave's man. <laughs> um, in Swingin, I can't remember okay. what the name of your town is. Boogers. You're on a sheet of Slicker paper. Slicker than a greasy dolphin. I, yeah. oil. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> Swindon. Um, anyway, in the UK. So that's awesome. I, <laughs> I got it. I'm sorry. So 
One of the things I like is that you did build that list early, but what was your following like? I mean, obviously it started at zero, but with everybody else, like, mm-hmm. but how, where did you see it really like took off? And I know that you were early in like the good type, which I have my good type book. Um, you would tag them and they also were really amazing at sharing work because you were doing so much stuff. What, what do you, or what was something that really helped you kind of get more followers on some of those platforms? So Instagram has been everything to me. I, I was lucky to stumble into like the hand lettering community, you know, before it really boomed. So you know, it's a lot more saturated now. So it's a little harder to figure out a way to stand out with your own style. But um, it's it's learning the platforms, whether that was Snapchat, Dribble, or whatever it is, and learning the rules and then, you know, adapting and playing by those rules whenever they would evolve. And the biggest thing for me was consistency. Like I, I was saying earlier, I've, I've produced some type of weekly something, you know, mm-hmm. for about four years now easily, you know, and I think that's big. And I think it started catching on when I stopped trying to make noise of just posting to post mm. and I'm like posting, making sure there's some type of nugget or takeaway for people. So there's always, I'm trying to inject some type of value into anything I do because I, I don't like consuming when right. it's nothing there for me. So why would someone want to do that? You know, like a the, potato chip sandwich. Although those a, are super young. I was to say, that's a good thing. I know, but this not a lot of, did you know that, um, um, Pickles have no nutritional value. So if you were trapped in a pickle factory, you would die because you would eat pickles, but then you wouldn't, there was no nutritional value. And so you wanted something that people could take and do. Yeah. Um, some, yeah. Something that, you know, could marinate on them and help them out. I don't, I don't know. So that then, I, the and this isn't, I didn't include this in the questions. It's just a question I have. So when you're doing weekly content, do you plan out kind of what, you want to cover or you have ideas or do you just have a list that you're thinking of or just on Sunday you're like, hmm, this week I think we're uh, going to talk about. I try doing the whole week to week vibe thing and that's really hard to stay on top of. So, uh, you know, I've made episodes and uh, blog posts on it too, but like collecting your ideas, having a gold mine, like I get to the point now that I even have something in my shower called shower notes because, you know, never let another good idea go down the drain. That's the tagline and it's so true. So. <laughs> Yeah. And then I've learned, um, having like an ongoing Excel sheet of podcast ideas or like scheduling out, you know, this mm-hmm. is the farthest I've ever had guests scheduled out in a long time and topics scheduled out. So it's been uh, super helpful. I, I, I can't wing it. Like you gotta, you gotta build that gold mine reserve of ideas. And that way, if you're struggling, it, you don't really deal with creative block that way. And then you can kind of vet the ideas that are either appropriate for right now. So are there yeah. times when you're working on a piece and you might have worked on it a month ago, but you just didn't feel like it was done. So you kept working on it, thinking that you would publish it later. Do you have like a reserve of writing that you have just to kind of pull from? Or is that usually something that you're doing still weekly? Kind of. Like if I have like an idea, I'm just sitting in bed or say I'm on a plane or I'm in the middle of watching like Breaking Bad on Netflix or Game of Thrones and they say something that like jots an idea, I like pause it and I'll write it out in my notes app or like I'll put it in uh, that Excel doc, you know, where it can live and I can revisit it. But mostly like the art and stuff, it's been such a hectic week to week schedule. I don't have time to just like start something and come back to it. So it's usually I got to flip it, right. get it done now between freelance and stuff, but writing ideas kind of like that. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Sometimes yeah. writing takes a little bit longer 
you're processing, especially yeah. when you're when you're doing, you do such a good job of you're reading it but not reading it. It doesn't feel like you're reading it. It feels like you're talking to me. Good. I'm working on that. You're well, I've always felt like that. I felt like you were talking to me. Uh, you, I think you do with some things that I are really nice. And somebody I read one time was telling me about the email newsletter. You should think of one person and you're writing mm -hmm. your email newsletter to that person so that's that you're not like, yep, yep, exactly. So, so it's not like y'all, it's you. Mm -hmm. It's not like, not hey sitting. guys, or like right. this, this applies to like, if you're doing vlogging or anything, like it, it kind of loses that personal touch. If you're just like, Hey everyone, you know, I thought you guys could use this instead of just like talking to one person that right. makes a massive difference. And I noticed it when I heard other like podcasts or, you know, courses I've taken online or workshops when someone's like just talking to me, feels a little bit more personal and then I gauge yeah. a little bit better. So Absolutely. That's I, approach it. I write each thing like I'm typing an email to someone. Right. I think that's yeah. a really good point. It's a, it's a help, super helpful tip. Yes. Um, and Daniel says he likes your clear delivery, no slurring. So mm. For sure. <laughs> I don't know if that was, that was my style. <laughs> um, so what about, um, Daniel wanted to know about how you use analytics or surveys to assess your outreach. And one of the things, I want you to tell them about your onboarding email, because that's a really empowering, I think, tool for you. Can you kind of oh, yeah. take them through what that is? So, some, so I'm new, I come to your site, which is perspective-collective.com, mm -hmm. and I type in my name and my email, and then what happens? Um, you, well now with this whole GDPR bogus BS, you know, that's really changing my approach to a lot of things. Cause I would have a lead magnet, which feels a little outdated right now. It's still valuable, but I feel like I have uh, more to share on top of it. It's just a time thing. Um, so but, tell people what a lead magnet is just in case they don't know. So a lead magnet, um, basically you're giving people the honey up front. And then you get them on your newsletter and then you can follow them up with content. So a lot of people will just take the freebie and unsubscribe. I know um, someone like Daniel Palacios or Colin Tierney with his calligraphy. A lot of people do that. I thought um, you were saying they did it to you. I'm like, I thought I'm, those were your friends. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I know they deal with it a lot too because they have really valuable um, downloads. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. But now you need like the consent, but that would be, you know, kind of the honey to get someone to come in. Then I would have an onboarding email and literally the last thing is, you know, here's the expectations and if you could do me a favor, answer this one thing. And so that's why uh, I, I don't have to like go weekly and think of an idea because like the responses to an email, I just bank them up, you know, in a, a folder on my, um, you know, my email archive. And mm -hmm. if I'm struggling to find a topic, I can just go there. Okay. And so, so then you, you get that. And then would, if somebody sent you it back, are you keeping it? Are you responding back to them? Because I know a I lot do of, my best to respond. You but get it's a lot of emails. Really hard. Right. Yeah. Email is like my weakest game. Now I have a permanent autoresponder up right now. Basically, like, right. sorry, I suck at emails. You know, I do my best to read everything, but that's I've had to like get, I get so many of the same questions that I had to create a place. I think we'll talk about it in a little bit. I created a Facebook group, and that <laughs> way, you know, all these questions can get funneled at one spot, and I can address it as a whole. And you know, it reaches more people than just that one person each time. So, right. And you were talking to the hood sisters. That's the one I'm on. That's the one I'm listening to right now. And they had a couple things. So they said they, they got a ton of work from dribble and it was like 90% dribble, 10% everywhere else. And then the other thing was they have taken what their questions and they've created a book. Yeah. So have you ever thought about creating a book because you are a great writer? 
yeah, honestly, that's, that's definitely in the, the three year plan is to write a book. Like the, the recent talk, the three life lessons learned from pizza, like that's been going over really well. Um, like I think that would be some kind of a fun mm -hmm. book or something about creativity, entrepreneurship, life, yada, yada. Um, but repurposing things. So like even repurposing episodes into a lead magnet and it's, it just definitely falls on time. Cause if people don't know, I do hold down a day job and freelance podcast and a kid coming along the way. So it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's hard to do all the things that I want to do. And mm. that's why I'm slowly trying to hire on more help and to delegate things. So mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's definitely the next move this year. So let's get back to the analytics. Are you, so the surveys is sort of what you do in your, in your um, in auto yeah. responders. I don't do sort of. like true surveys. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I would like to, that's, hey, thanks Daniel. Um, <laughs> so what about analytics? Are you using Google analytics and how? I, I do. I'm not the best at them. So the most analytics I pay attention to lately is like my main focus is on the podcast. So I really pay attention to that and Apple Podcast has a way for you to check your analytics. Libsyn, my host, has a way to check your analytics. So I know, you know, when people stop listening, if I need to input like more an important announcement, you know, if like the Patreon is really helping me out with the podcast lately. So, you know, if people aren't listening to the end when I'm giving in that call of action, I'll move it more to the intro. Mm -hmm. you know, so things like that. So that massively helps or shows me where people are listening from all over the place. Like that's pretty rad. But website analytics, I need, a, I, I need to coach myself up more on Google Analytics. That's for sure. My like, sister's good. That helps too. Right. So my sister's going to give me a lesson. So maybe she can give us both, both a lesson on Google Analytics. But what about, there are analytics in, um, in Instagram mm -hmm. for sure. And then even with, with your Facebook group, because I feel like that, that's really been able to, you've honed in what, some things are and that was like black with no cream you had him on he was a friend i think from high school right mm -hmm. um not we didn't even know each other in high school uh, we became friends so i used to run a t-shirt clothing company and he was doing like live music and stuff and he had a lot of connections in this area and he was opening up for some of the biggest artists so collaboration was huge we would like give him clothes he'd wear them on stage and you know we kind of all you know, linked up from there and he, his career went, he's actually, he's, he's the lead videographer right now for Beyonce and Jay-Z at the moment. Wow. He shot her at Coachella. So it's, it's just amazing to see his career, you know, take off. And, you know, I've kind of been doing my own separate thing and we've just kept connected. So, you know, um, what was the question? <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. I just um, want to plug it. I'm so proud. Instagram. So, um, I know. So talk a little bit about the, it just is getting darker and I can't I know, see your I'm face at like, all. I'm trying to like, find, it's like you're in witness protection. <laughs> I know. I don't, I'm like, I have the light behind me and maybe it's okay. Here, it, maybe this will help. But when you kept turning the other way, it was even worse. Yeah. I was trying to avoid the mailman. Does that help? No. Yeah, David says you need a voice changer. Like, so that? that you so it looks like you really are in witness protection. You know, like when you're on dateline. Ooh, that's better. Hey. Yay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind for next time. Okay. That's okay. better. Now you can see my face. Yes. All right. So we were talking about Instagram analytics. Yeah. Um how do so, you use that? Uh here's here's another uh little honesty thing. So Last year, I had like zero growth. I was actually losing, you know, a couple thousand followers, which sucked because I thought I was really elevating my game and providing value. And so I stopped using the Instagram business tools and I still don't use them right now. 
So I was like following everything that they would say, but how I was seeing it is, you know, it was treating it like Facebook. If you have a Facebook page, you have to pay to play in order to like get reach and boost your followers. So maybe it doesn't happen with everyone, but like I was not having success with a business account, but still, you know, you could still see who's viewing your stories and this and that. And, you know, I could use a, a tool called Icono Square, which has helped me as well. And that's a Instagram analytics tool. So, you know, third party. So I don't have like the ability to do the whole swipe up and go to a link that stinks. But, uh, um, I, I counteract that by, I have a link tree, a link in my, my profile that this is, this is great for everyone too. So instead of having just one single link in your Instagram, you know, you can have yeah. this thing called link tree. And then I use bitly links since uh, Google shortened links, whatever is gone. So then I can track how many people are hitting my links. So if you go to my Instagram, you can see this link tree and it's free. It's super rad. And you know, I can track, I can just tell people, Hey, go to the link in my profile and they can go to the podcast. They can go to the Facebook group, sign up for the newsletter. That's, you know, that's a terrific idea. It is amazing. Huh. I don't, I, I don't do business analytics on it. So it's not even a business account. No, I'm not doing a business account anymore. Oh, I took wow. it off. And once I did that, I started having like crazy growth again. Mm-hmm. So I'm convinced it's like treated like Facebook, you know? So Jeremy wants it's to know. It's owned by Facebook. So. Yes, it is. Absolutely. So Jeremy um, wants to know if, is your day job in the design industry as well? Yes. So I actually do full-time UI, UX, uh, web design lead. I also like the branding and vector junkie on the team too. Linktree. Thank you, Jason. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I do web design and graphic design. So then he asked a second part. He said, is this kind of fuel for your passion? Your day job fuels your passion project or is it kind of your escape from your day job? I would say fuel and escape because I, I threw myself into the web design position because I wanted to learn because it could help me, you know, learning HTML and CSS for my own website, which, you know, I need more time to do my own website. I can't stand looking at it. Um, but it's also escape. So I don't feel worn out after my day job. Mm. If I was, I'd probably drop that job and go get a job as a pizza delivery boy just so I could, you know, stay charged up mm-hmm. to do Perspective Collective because I treat, I treat Perspective Collective like it is my day job already. Like that's my mentality mm-hmm. and get free pizza indeed. So I'm right. just working until, you know, a reality aligns with my mindset in a sense. So, you know, it's cool. They're super supportive. They, they, they now know kind of the gist of everything I'm doing before when I really wouldn't talk about it. Right. Cause I didn't want to have conflicting mm-hmm. you know, issues with my last boss. It was like that. So, you know, they're all about it. That's awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've done a few things, not just to, and when I'm talking about growing your audience, me and you both. Uh, I think are talking about your personal list, the one you have control of. Obviously you have growth on Instagram and growth in the Facebook group, the community. Um, And those things we're going to get to later, but just you think about somebody who's starting out and they're growing. So you gave us a great piece of advice and I'm going to make sure that I understand because doc reiterated the question. So changing from a business Instagram business account back to a regular account has helped you for one, right? Massively. Okay. Massively. I'm not sure if that's with everybody. That's just what I saw. Right, right. And but it's worth a test, right? It's, it was worth testing out. So like, yeah, I was waiting. I had a buddy who did the same, Joey Bearbauer, mm-hmm. and his account just like started skyrocketing. And I think you get more exposure. You get in like the more ex- the explore window mm-hmm. as much. More people see your content because you're not a business account. I made this change, Kim. Uh, this would have been, I'd say- 
like last October-ish. Mm. Yeah, October, November, and definitely I've massively seen a huge difference and have been growing ever since after like spending eight to nine months of no growth and losing people. So I was willing to try anything instead of, cause it's so easy to whine and complain like, Oh, the algorithm's changing. That was me. <laughs> you know, that's, that's totally me. But it's like at the same time you're on rented land. So, you know, right. evolve and adapt and, you know, and right. I switched up my hashtags and switched up where I would post my hashtags and comments or in the description and um, you know, all different things. All right. So that, so as you grow your audience, your email list, mm -hmm. you have done some different things. Um, and can you kind of take us through some of those that were more effective? So take us back to the beginning when you were kind of more um, tender mouthed, maybe, I don't know uh, another way to say it. Um, and then going to even your content of the, your illustrations, I think was not so you, right? So when mm -hmm. did you kind of bring more of your voice into this? So I was so scared of offending people. Like if anybody knows me, you know, I'm keeping it super PG 13 <laughs> on this. Um, Love but, you, Scotty Port. Thank you. But I was super curated. I was terrified to offend people for a long time. And especially my talk at Creative South, uh, what would have been 2016, right after uh, the design recharge. Um, you know, I totally didn't feel like myself on stage. You know, I, I was just trying to be this, robotic version and spewing up things I heard from other people I looked up to. Um, but finally I, I just felt so lost and I didn't like who I was and you know, I just didn't feel authentic. So I kind of just went back to the drawing board. I, I was like not taking on freelance for a while so I could find my own style because people only wanted to hire me to mimic someone else's style. Mm -hmm. And you know, that just gets tiring. So I, I kind of just did a deep dive into me and something like the, the creative pep talk, podcast like that mm -hmm. that's been amazing Andy J Miller really helped me out I had like coaching call with him too um you know just getting comfortable I have an episode coming out in two weeks it's all about showing your weird and waving your freak flag and that's been huge you know helping me find my voice and opening up and you know getting uncomfortable mm -hmm. so you started you were you were a jock right and oh, then yeah. you were a closet artist. And mm -hmm. now in kind of design, you have to be kind of closet jock and artist, right? It's, it feels like that. I, I, yeah, sometimes. I, yeah, I, I've gotten I, I some want... pretty judgy comments from people about <laughs> being a meathead. And I don't know. People are like, why? Yeah, you and me have talked about this. Like people mm -hmm. are like, oh, I didn't. Are you in the military? Why are you at a design conference? Or, you know, from first impressions, you just look like a jock bro. You know, I instantly labeled you as someone I didn't like. Mm -hmm. You know, I've heard that from so many people and you know, that sucks. It does suck. So I, I just want to kind of quell that or qu crush that because I just feel like you need to give everybody a chance no matter what they look like, right? Yeah. First impressions um, without actually getting a true first impression is pretty bogus if you ask me. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So in um, as you changed from doing lettering to doing or, or doing more illustrations because I think that was one of the first shifts you d had done a lot of lettering and then you started adding in some illustrations in and then I tried it was it early on but yeah I wanted to be known as like an illustrator because I grew up or I grew up as illustrator and you know I wanted to be in that lettering scene but you know once that becomes so saturated it's like how do you stand out so I bring in you know my 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 trusty illustration skills which I'm still working on myself so 
but your illustration skills are awesome. But then you started content wise, you started really going for the things that you were passionate about and sharing, which is cats and pizza are two of the and, things, right? Outer space and cryptocurrency right. and the, the gym. I'm starting to mix that stuff in more, you know, little random things that are me. And I think right. that's what helps you rise above the noise when, you know, you, you embrace your weird quirks, which a lot of us are scared to show. Mm-hmm. So what did you feel like was that turning point of that people accepted it and they encouraged it or that you just got a lot of traction on something like that? Or you didn't care if you got traction, you were just going to be you. I think it was the last part. So yeah, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the vanity metrics, you know, and you need the the validation, the comments, the likes to, you know, they're your oxygen and that's what it was for a while. And then if you post something that didn't meet what you thought people wanted to see, you know, it reflected poorly on yourself like how could you be so dumb to you know put out work this way but once I started just grooving to what I thought was dope and what I call staying in my own lane and stop biting everyone else's style and worried about what everybody else thought I started having a lot more fun with it you could see it more in my work especially when I got off the business account more it was like okay like people are vibing to this more and like the products that I tried to play it safe with the motivational stuff like never really took off. But then when Mm. I started getting weird and doing like pizza and coffee and cats, like that's all been like the best sellers. And, you know, people seem to enjoy that the most. And now I've like labeled myself as a pizza guy. So (laughs) that's right. All right. So going from writing, being a illustrator, blogger, letterer to taking it to podcasting, that was a shift and that was a big hurdle. And at the time when you were on before you hadn't made that jump yet. No. To podcasting. Mm-mm. And so, and it took you a long time. Like you had the first episode, but pushing, pushing publish was really hard. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I didn't even consider uh, podcasting until it was after the creative South talk, which would have been April, 2016 podcast started August, you know, and a lot of people were like, you should totally do a podcast, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be really awesome. And you know, I, I wanted to do it for a long time, but I was just like putting my artwork out there until I was like 20 something is when I claimed I was actually an artist because I was scared of what people were going to think once I hit publish. So that was hard. And then blogging, putting things out there was hard. So, I mean, this was just like, you know, though that those obstacles, you know, and so I probably had four episodes done and it took me like, it took me like five months to even get the courage to do a podcast. And in between. Because why? So it, it was, what what were you afraid of? Because I know, what was it? Uh, how did it crit- how did it make you feel? Okay, criticism and uh, online trolls and mm-hmm. you know you, when you start something new, you're never really that confident anyway. You know, right. you just gotta keep doing it. So I was just thinking I was a phony and a fake. There's people who are like mm-hmm. way better than me, and you know what am I doing that's different than them? When when in reality, it's like you may have a similar message, but your style, your delivery. Mm-hmm. you know that's that's authenticity so what? yeah what they said so One well, and, th- and something that held me back is like a whole month I got addicted to Pokemon Go and so like <laughs> that 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 took up a lot of time too and held up the podcast <laughs> I'll be honest so I had to like set a date like my first episodes need to go out like August 19th and man I was I grew up playing that game so that that held me back for like a month too so that that's awesome. Okay. So a little bit of honesty, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I love is that you haven't been afraid to tell where you fail. You haven't been afraid to say, Hey, this didn't work. 
or this is what I'm dealing with. I've been depressed. You had some surgery. And mm -hmm. I think after the surgery, it was just hard. You were still putting stuff out, but it was just hard. And I feel like you've done a really good job of being honest with your audience, which I think it's a, I think it's really important to do. I think it's really good that you and Emily are on the same page, that Emily's his wife. Um, and then I think that even when you guys have, um, you're like, I've got to make sure that I'm making sure this is okay with Emily, not everything you're doing. Like, can I take my left foot and put it, you know, on the green circle or something, but mm -hmm. more that she's getting her needs met. And then you're able to do this other stuff too. And for a while you were not doing any freelance and that was a specific thing. Obviously it's a financial um, decision for your family. So that was something you and Emily talked about. And then you've actually, Emily does, she sells, um, she's a young living representative, I guess. Yeah, anyway, she's an educator. She, she is a, an educator. She's okay. not a hard salesy person. No, no, definitely <laughs> educator. I love her. And so I think that it's just been neat to see you both kind of grow into more entrepreneurship in on for both of you. But having open communication, I think, with your partner has been really important. Most definitely. Oh, for sure. And, and you've talked about that as that's been some sort of a failure in some ways. And uh -huh. right? I, I would probably call myself an overshare, but uh, I, I think I have the best response. Like I, how I approach things is a lot of people are scared to have a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that we all are dealing with that people don't like to talk about. You know, we always have some type of demon, whether you can see it or not. And for me, once I stopped like bottling all that crap inside of me, cause it was just like ruin me, especially after surgery last year, you know, I put out that episode 25 and uh, you really helped me pull myself out of that. You know, I, I really started just opening up if people weren't cool with it, that's fine. You know, it, it, it not only helps me talk it out, but it allows other people to realize like, Hey, you're, you're not alone and you have a permission slip to like, you know, hit me up and talk about it. Or, you know, people are out there that are listening. So I, I want to have something that's just vulnerable. It's, it's too many people just share the highlights and living in a world with social media. All you see is like, you know, this person winning, having the best life, making all this money, going on vacations when really, you know, it's, it's fake. People show what they want you to see. And so I want to like take the curtain back, you know, and, right. and talk about things that are hard. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what I've, I've loved and I've really, you've reached me in those times. And I mean, I, w I didn't know you were, I mean, I knew from what you had said in the, that podcast, but I didn't know that I just called you that I was walking around my, the park with my dog. And I was like, man, that really hit me. And so it was just a really, it was an important one for me. And then I, I didn't realize it was as, I'm glad it was helpful. Oh, for sure. All right. So how has having a podcast, so having an audio voice helps you grow your audience? I think for that very reason, I mean, transparency mm. and the fact that, you know, it was just all monologue, you know, solo shows and kind of just like spilling out certain things or, you know, maybe helpful tips. Like one was like, six ways to help grow your Instagram lettering audience. And then other ones are like, you know, um, when you're overcommitted and you keep your plate too high of things. So I, and once I started bringing on more guests too, you know, mm -hmm. when I went on the, the 
the interview format, I prefer to call it a conversation because I don't want it to be like, right. super, like we're having a conversation right now. There just happens to be a lot of rad people attending. Um, right. But I think that helped expose me to their audiences too. I wasn't even planning on that. I was just trying to do something different and get out of my comfort zone. And that's been huge. So same thing with your art, like finding ways to collaborate with other people, you know, mm. that allows you to tap into each other's audiences. So like, that's a huge way to build an audience no matter what platform you're on. So to me, an interview is like a collaboration conversation. So that uh, helps. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. Do you have something else? No. <laughs> okay. So going from that, it, it's so uh, seems so organic for you to create the Facebook group. And I feel like you had had it on your heart to do this. Oh man, I wanted to do it for like two years for sure. But then it was like when you had the guy black with no cream, um, you had him on your show and he was talking about his Facebook group, which it was, that was a great interview. I mean, Thank that you. was a conversation. It. Yeah, he is. And then you ha you started it. So how what was that like? And what would you tell somebody like what kind of reach do you think that somebody needs to start a community? All right. So again, I wanted to do it for a long time, but I was worried that if I made a Facebook group, like people would think it's just all about me. Mm. And that wasn't the case. Um again, one of those things that took me forever to start a podcast. Yeah, you know, self-doubt. Um, but once I've been in a couple of groups and pages suck, same reason I don't like do business uh, pages on Instagram because you get like zero reach for all the people that you've grown, mm. you know, the pay to play. But, but I've been in these groups and you always get a notification when something comes on. Like it's always right there. You don't miss anything. Mm. And so it was, I got to the point where I just couldn't answer all these emails anymore. It was like lots of repeating questions. I can make, you know, documents in there. Like I get mm -hmm. often asked like mural topics or lettering resources. So I can make these files and pin them up in there as well. So all these resources, people have questions. I can just shoot them over the Facebook group, convert them there, have conversations there. It's in a, it's a place. So many people don't have the ability to get feedback on their work right. or constructive criticism. So it's a place that you, you know, I'm going to rip your work. If you put it out there asking for feedback, I'm not going to hold back because, you know, people need it in order to grow. And, and it's also a place where people are collaborating now, you know, people all across the world are meeting and collaborating on pieces together. Like it's so awesome. And mm -hmm. it's not just for me, but it was basically, I just needed a place where I could address everything and once repurpose those conversations. So it's been a huge, so it, maybe it doesn't matter about the number of people because you could start it as a very intimate group and then it can continue to grow. Is that something that's private and then you're accepting people in? It's, they have a couple yep. questions to answer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's totally just listeners of the podcast too. I'm not trying to like blast, see you Kevin. I'm Bye, not trying Kevin. to just blast it out to everybody because you know it's about getting the right people, the people with the, the same mindset. So I'm not worried about scaling it. Like Ben's group, Ben Haggerty, Black with No Cream, that has like, almost 3000 content creators. It's crazy in there, which is cool. But at the same time, like I want deep conversations. It'll grow how it's supposed to grow. Yeah. I want the right people who are looking for some type of community. You know, they, they need people around them. Cause maybe they're like me. I had to mm -hmm. leave Iowa to find my community. I had to go online and there's so many other people like that. Like if I can just build it here on Facebook, right. so I'm not a huge Facebook fan, but like the group aspect is money. Right. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And also it's a place for people to share, get feedback mm -hmm. and it's, it's encouraged to do mm -hmm. that. 
Okay. Definitely. And you can and if, source questions, you know, like if, go ahead. It's kind of like, it's almost like a focus group too. You know, if right. I have a future product or, um, you know, something like that, I can source ideas and build from, you know, the people who I know are, I don't want to, how would you say it? Seeking maybe what I don't know I can offer. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, bookers. I was going to try to share your Facebook group, but if you just go to Facebook and type in perspective, the perspective collective, the so. perspective collective, and, I'll get know, it in a minute. It makes sense too. So like the collective, it's not just me anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. Okay. So we only have like 15 minutes. So I want to kind of talk about, you've really explored a lot of different ways of kind of making money, which, I, um, you know, just doing different things, you've ha teamed up, you've collaborated with a place that did coffee um, mugs, coffee mugs. That was mm -hmm. the cat in space kind of coffee mugs. And, um, you've done the con weekly content, uh, checklist, mm -hmm. which is like a PDF. You buy it and then you can, obviously you, it's a interactive PDF. Can you kind of go through some of those and you also sell stickers? So what, what has worked and what, you know, where, where's the learning curve? I think it helped you having a t-shirt company maybe a while that, ago. That, that helped for sure. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to just kind of, you know, a lot of people will ask you or as you start building audience, Hey, you ever going to have this on a shirt? Are you ever going to make this? And so, you know, I started off small with a print, you know, to change your perspective print like two years ago, letterpress. And that massively just taught me, you know, fulfillment and, packaging and putting, you know, a personal touch on your brand and how far a handwritten thank you note can go with people or handwritten, you know, name on their letter. Um, and you know, from there, things like posters, I did something with Jason Craig, um, the coffee mugs, that's fun. Uh, sticker packs have always been like the most successful, but I want to do more, um, digital wise because, everything I do involves me being present or fulfillment and my schedule sucks for fulfilling lots of orders. Um, but I, I need to go more passive income route of things. So building more digital products, like the weekly content checklist, like that went over really well as well. And that was solely built from like the onboarding newsletter of people saying, you know, I don't know how to like consistently make something. I don't know how to like show up and use social media correctly. So like I pretty much break that down. For them. So I, I would need more stuff like that. And I want to do like online courses too. But right now, like the podcast is, I feel most compelled to that. And I, I'm just something like murals. Yeah. Dustin Lee, uh, I, I've definitely binged all of his uh, passive income content. So that was my MVP product was the weekly content checklist. Um, but stuff like murals. Which, like that. What was that? What was, it was like under $30, right? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, so then proof of concept, you know, if people basically, you know, are vibing to that and it does well, you know, then you have something on your hand, you can push it a little farther. Just, I haven't really found where I want to take that next, especially now mm -hmm. I picked up freelance more, mm -hmm. but well, courses, okay. well, sorry, go on. No, you go. No, I was going to say, I definitely want to do some type of course in the future. Um, and courses. Other, you know, courses. Yes. Course, of course. Um, and, and like procreate. Uh, digital packs or something like that. Like I, mm. you know, I kind of customize each little tool on my own for like details and illustrations. So there's tons of, let there's tons of lettering stuff out there that people are killing it with, but there's not like, I'm finding really good illustrative detail brushes or something. So I don't know. Thinking things like that. 
A book. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because it's something that you want to do for your audience that you know that there are people who are already there that would um, be interested in that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's the idea of not having a generalist group, but having somebody, something specific because they, you know, they're coming. One other benefit of the group is that you can find people who could, if you don't do video, they could edit the video or, or maybe they edit your podcast or you, they have music or they do these other things. And I think the black with no cream guy, I can't ever remember his name. I'm ben sorry. Haggerty. Yeah, ben sorry. Haggerty. Um, he really uses that. And I think that that's kind of the next level for you to be able to do all the things, be a mm -hmm. dad and a husband and a full-time job operator, you know, and, and, and do this. It's hard for you. It's hard for anybody to do it alone. So you have to kind of bring some people in. I think you've done that. And, and that's one of the ways you've scaled. You've turned some things over. You've said no to some, and then you've also said, Hey, can you, cause you have somebody else editing your podcast now, right? Mm -hmm. Now, now it's like, I, I get a, I'm, I'm searching for help with the show notes and the newsletter. Cause those all take a decent amount of time too. So that frees me up to like record and maybe even schedule guests. I, I know you have someone that helps. Do you feel like you lose the personal touch when it's not you connecting with mm. someone? You know, I really don't think so. I think Ashley does a great job of, I think she's just as much a part of my I mean, of design recharge is successful because of Ashley just as much as me. And so I feel like, I think it's really important to make them feel like they're, you know, a critical part. And so that that, you, that could be something too. So it's like, I, I'd like someone, if I could find another person that could like help do, help me with the newsletter, the show notes, and then help me with scheduling, like that would be mm -hmm. awesome, especially with the kid coming along the way. So that's like, I haven't really put it out into the universe yet asking for that. And so that's, I'm just writing down my process first. Cause if you don't have a process, then, you know, it's hard to like pass it along to someone. Mm -hmm. So capturing that part, but that that's next. Definitely delegation to free yeah. me up for other things. And I think that those are just time suckers for you, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, I'm trying. So how many stickers, cause you do sticker packs are, um, how do you know which sticker to produce and then how many stickers do you make a year oh man because you that's have a funny. lot i just bought that's... some stickers and they were i mean i love them of course but there's a lot there's a lot to choose from yeah i i don't know i totally just wing that that's just something fun for me you know that i i don't know like i saw other people have some success with it so i'm like okay well i'm just gonna package these up whatever because they're they're nice to like go to conferences and hang. i got the idea from terrence tang actually when he mm. would hang them hand them out so um, I don't really have a game plan with it. It's just, you know, especially around the holidays, I try to make some happen. I'll do like a push around there, but otherwise it's like, huh, you got an idea. Uh, people seem to really engage with these ones. People have asked about them. And so I, I whip them out. Like I got a new one that I'm putting together just for the heck of it. You know, it's just, it's not for anyone, but it's for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I love, which it makes it feel like it's, you. So sometimes one of my big pet peeves, I don't know if you're like this at all, but one of my big pet peeves with stickers, when we go to conferences, I get a ton. I love them. But yeah. when I come back, I actually want to know who gave me the sticker. Like, mm. I want to know who made that. And sometimes, you, what? I'm reading Anne's. Oh, <laughs> make a baby pizza sticker. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like it. Um, with a beaver. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you, you know, um, 
I think you do a really good job of because the content is so specific to you that I don't have to have your URL on everyone because, but I don't think people have that. I don't think people get to that point. And yet I think some people don't get to that point. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like kind of becomes your style or your, your signature in a sense. So I, I would say this, if somebody's going to do some kind of like sticker pack or some kind of promo or a pin or whatever it is, um, have like a pin board with it or on the sticker, you know, put your website URL really, really disguised somewhere in there. So I've been doing that more because for that very reason, people don't know where the sticker came from. So like I just tuck in perspective-collective.com on each one now. Yeah. I think that's smart. Just so you know. Yeah. there's. I think you should always have some type of call to action and practically everything you're putting out. Cause if it goes out there, it gets shared or, you know, how do people always know how to come back to you? It's like yeah. getting, putting like a watermark on your image or something. And you, we see how things massively get shared on Pinterest without credit. But if your watermarks on it, you know, it's kind of like that concept. Hey, Paige just said she doesn't mind editing people's show notes. She's weird like that. And she likes to proofread and she's really good. She graduated with honors. So I'll connect you with Paige. Yeah. I definitely have seen her name. She's one of my kids. You might have met her at Flourish. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we have five minutes. I know I don't okay. do um, rapid fire or anything <laughs> um, like you do, which I think is really good. But tell me just a little bit about how um, speaking at conferences, because you started, your first one was uh, AIGA in Mobile, mm-hmm. which it was, I know you felt edited, but it was awesome. And I think it was a great beginning, right? And then you oh, did yeah. Creative South, and then you've done crop, you've done workshops, you've done team workshops with you and Brian Manley. Mm-hmm. You've done, um, I think it was an AIGA one in Raleigh. Yeah, I've or, done like five this year so okay. far. And yeah. then you did an entrepreneur one. So it was, so you've, you're kind of spanning a bunch of different ones, which is great, mm-hmm. right? You did WMC Fest, so Thrive. Thank you, Amy. It was Thrive in Raleigh. So how does somebody go about, and so you have a workshop, you and Brian Manley do a workshop about creating a killer talk. Mm-hmm. How, how did you start um, not getting the opportunity? Cause that was just you being awesome and being perfect for that. You having a great story, but how does somebody get better? Because that was the one thing you really practiced a lot. I think you still practice a lot. Oh yeah. So for me, it all started with writing. Like mm. i pretty much everything starts with writing. It totally does. Whether you're doing a script for uh, a vlog or whatever it is, I think it's producing some kind of content. And for me, I believe uh, value should always be top of mind. Um, Vulnerability really helps too, especially like read Mm. someone's book. Um, What's her face? Uh, Brene Brown. Like she's got Mm. really good topics on that. Once I started like opening up a little bit more and make sure I'm providing value like that drew more people to it. And then like making custom artwork to go along with it, like that helped it mm. a little bit to get reach. But I think, and I'm, I'm a law of attraction person, putting it out in the world, like, hey, I'm looking to speak. I mentioned it like once mm. verbally and you heard it and you offered me my first one, but also you paid attention to the content I was putting out and realizing that I wasn't playing around right. and I was serious about it. So I think it starts with there, putting out, getting your voice out there, reminding people you exist is huge. I think it's also, if you don't tell people that you struggled, there's no way you're going to get, because people want to know that you've gotten through the valley because they need, they need a, they need a guide, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Story brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. You totally hooked me up with them. All right. So how would you tell somebody who would like to start doing that to start uh, about getting down that path? One, they could always take your workshop. That would be a great online course you and Brian could do. Just a yeah. tip. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that we've talked about that. Um, how, do, how does someone start? So if, so say, um, so say Paige wants to go, um, and start. So say, um, say it's somebody, well, I, I, so I don't know. She struggled with something, right? I'm not, I don't know exactly. I don't want to, anyway, everybody struggled with something, yeah. but it's something. Um, so say she's, I don't think she's a letterer, right? Paige. Um, <laughs> but what if, so doc wants to know lightning round vlogging, vlogging or vlogging. Vlogging, videos king. Kids aren't even watching TV anymore. Everything's on YouTube. So vlogging, I just bandwidth. Totally would. But okay. So Jason has a Jason Craig has a question. How important has attending conferences been to reaching your goals? Mm, massive. Good question. Massive. I would say if you want to get started, produce some type of content, especially if it's video, like that's huge. Um, but going to conferences like that, I, I met like my people going to Creative South. I went solo, dolo, all by myself in 2015. And that's where like I met you, Mike Jones, Jason Frostholm, everybody pretty, in this, pretty much in this chat, Ann, Amy, uh, Taylor, Doc was later, Alicia. Um, that, that's it. Getting out of your bubble, um, building relationships, not connections because that sounds like shysty sales snaky stuff so mm. building relationships getting out of your comfort zone getting out of your bubble conferences producing content consistently reminding people you exist providing value and at the end of your value you know jab 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 right hook you can give some type of ask you know hey sign up to my newsletter so we can connect and here's your mm -hmm. expectations something like that with an onboarding question so you can keep producing content targeted content because you're listening exactly yeah be a listener so it, it, right there was no one to listen to in the beginning, you know, but I mean, yeah, I, for like six months, nobody read my blog and for like six months, nobody listened to the podcast. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, the statistics didn't show many. So I mean, that's okay. it, it, take, it takes time. It's a, it's so, a day by day grind for sure. So that's the other thing you've been at this from the blog to now for quite a few years, four years at least. Right. Yeah. And it is. So people give up. And that's the one thing somebody told me was, you know, just stay in, just stay in the pool and you will get, you will be the winner because you will be the only one swimming at some point. Right. Yeah. So Kim wants to know, how do you keep yourself motivated while you're in the Valley? Uh, all right. This is from the talk, uh, the pizza talk, but hoard your victories. This is huge. Cause I'm one who does, I, I'm, mm. I have a horrible time celebrating any type of win, big or small, and hoarding your victories means like if you get a random email for something nice, you know, file it away. So you have like a, a, a like a motivation archive or for me, I have like a, a Wonderlist app set of like good things in 2017 is when I started good things in 2018. I, I capture any small or big win because it's so easy. It, one little hiccup along the way or one negative comment could totally like throw us throw us in a funk where we kind of lose sight of all the cool things that we've accomplished. We can be proud of. So hoarding your victories, being able to like look back on something is massive. Right. So Taylor says, do you keep a journal for reflection sake? Not necessarily. I feel like my podcast is like 
Mm. a journal, like an audio journal for sure. Do you listen to the episodes after they come back? I have, once they're out, I listen to it once just to make sure everything sounds good. Cause when you're like recording and listen to your mic and this, you can hear like everything. But once I have like normal headphones, I'll listen to each episode like once as it comes out, but I don't think I'll ever go back to episode one through wherever we're at now. Yeah. 79 was today, but no, I don't, I don't listen back. It's yeah. creepy. I hate the way I sound. I don't like my photo taken. I don't like being on video. So, so then what, and this is the last question. And what about yeah. stories? So I do not utilize those. I know I should, but, mm-hmm. but you do a good job at that. And you also are on there video wise. Do you like them? Cause they don't last or I mean, for, for what? For Instagram like oh. or Facebook, I guess you can do Facebook stories. I do it because it gets me comfortable talking in front of people. Mm. You know, I, like when I had my first talk coming up at Flourish, I started using Snapchat and doing like mm-hmm. daily talks just to get comfortable with it because I had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, putting yourself out there, like if it if it scares you or makes you really nervous, but like you want to do it, that's totally like your intuition trying to pull you towards your future self. Mm. So do those things that you're scared of because that's helped me unlock each little level you know, like each little fear is like a boss in a video game. And, you know, you have to take down that boss to get to the next level. Well, for me, that's like that comfort zone. That's and a I attack that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you did these little things to help you get comfortable with mm-hmm. speaking on stage. And I mm-hmm. think that, that I think that's a really super valuable. Yeah. And that's a really small nugget. But I think a lot of people who are designers, we talked to um, Ian Paget last week. Who Thanks, Paige. Did, did, um, dealt with social anxiety, especially with speaking in, mm-hmm. in front of people, not in a big room, but just with three, you know, four people at work. So I think that that's something a lot of designers or a lot of introverts really deal with is these, this is a tip for you to be able to get, help you get over those things. Yeah, totally. Do you still do Snapchat? No, no. Once Instagram started implementing stories, it was game over. I'm like, everybody's over here. I, I can't hold down two platforms at once. So, you know, it sucks because all my family's on Snapchat. No one's on Instagram, but you know, is what it is. That's awesome. So Paige said she was, um, he was one of the reasons that she was trying to use stories more. Yeah. And, that's, that's so awesome to hear. And um, Taylor says Instagram saves them all. I think you can save them in chunks, right? So that it's, you people can, can also. Each one manually or you can save it all as a story. So, mm. yep. So if I have like steps to do something on Instagram, I could, you know, save that whole story and then I could repurpose it and post it on, you know, as a regular post, just repurpose things or post it on a separate platform. So, mm-hmm. so what have I asked you or what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you? Ah, this one was tough. I don't know. Do you have anything coming up that we should know about besides baby Dougie? <laughs> Little Dougie fresh, the third <laughs> That's no, right. my, my last talk was like last week. So I'm in. How, so that was the entrepreneur. Place, that was the entrepreneur right? one. So it's in like, Iowa, in Iowa. So it's like my first Iowa conference, which is weird to say, but it's like, you know, I'm slowly building an existence here, not just outside of Iowa. Um, that was really good. You just tailor your content. I talk more about like ROI and building an audience and, you know, things like that. Still listening. Um, but my verbiage changes to know the audience is a lot more like, People, well, it's still like people who maybe work a day job, but they're doing their own thing or mm-hmm. businesses that want to get into like influencer marketing or something like that. So then I, you know, put on my marketing hat a little bit more than just like my creative South vibe. Right. Right. All right. Um, 
what's next for you? And I know this is, you know, something you want to do full time, but you have a baby, you have all these other things. So what, do you have like a five-year plan or a three-year plan or a one-year plan? Right now, my focus is on the podcast. I feel like most called to do that at the moment, vocation-wise. As much as I'd like to be like, hey, I want to be doing my own thing full-time, I would love to get to the point where Emily could be a stay-at-home mom mm. before I jump ship because she has a pretty hard job. And like, yeah, I think she just deserves to like be at home, you know, pursue her oil dream because right now she has to put her dream on hold. And if I can continue to hold down the day job and figure out how to monetize the podcast and build some passive income, whether it's a course, a book, you know, that's, that's super important to me. So it's about getting her home first. That's super sweet. All right. So let's share how people can get, get in contact with you and also how you, um, how they can help you support the show. So you use Patreon. You want to talk about that a little bit and I'm going to share the link and I'm going to, it's patreon.com slash perspective podcast, no mm -hmm. hyphens. Mm -hmm. So like it was weird at first doing the Patreon because I felt like I was begging people for stuff, but really it's like people want other ways to support you. They don't want to just, you know, buy a product or anything like that. And so that's, that's really helped, you know, where I'm at right now per episode allows me to hire an editor. It's mm -hmm. allowed me to update equipment. It's allowing me to scale the show. So the more that happens, you know, the better I feel I can hire even more help for show notes and such. Um, so that's massive with as little as much as your weekly cup of coffee, you can that's help right. support the show. That's right. One dollar, yeah, five dollars, yeah, ten dollars. And I have little tiers where, you know, I, I produce or try to give some value back. And if there's something you'd like to see there, I'm always open for feedback. You know, always trying to make it more valuable for the end user. You know, right. So let's talk about one last thing. You have two Instagram handles. Can you tell us what the difference is and how you post differently? Because I've, I've been there with Design Recharge. I made a decision, I don't know, maybe three years ago not to post any of my work on that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, you do your own, um, there are graphics, there are other things that you do. Yeah. But how, what is the difference between perspective podcast and then perspective, it's, it's, perspective it's perspective collective without any of the vowels. Mm -hmm. So perspective podcast, really easy. That one is strictly all podcast episode artwork. And a lot of people catch some inspiration from the show and um, they will take, mm -hmm. the, I even give a little plug, you know, in the podcast, if you mm -hmm. find some inspiration, you draw something up that was inspired by the show. Uh, it, it's not a feature account, even though people tag it like it is, but I just reshare some of your work to give you a little public thank you. So I share my episode artwork and other people's artwork inspired from the show. And that's solely it. And then Perspective Collective, my business, personal, I guess, is where I post, again, episode artwork to get the reach. That's where the bigger audience is. Mm -hmm. And uh, client work, freelance. Once in a while, a picture of my wife or my cats or what kind of pizza I'm eating that day. And I'm, and I'm, I'm really active on my stories on that too, sharing the mm -hmm. process. I share like process to everything on each, you know, each drawing or anything I do. And people ask questions, I help you out there. And yeah, I'm pretty responsive on DMs there, way better than emails. All right, so I'm just going to spell it out just for anybody who's listening. If you're on Instagram, it's if you just want to follow Scotty and his professional uh, side project stuff, which he would love to do full time, it's PRSPCTV underscore CLLCTV. It's Perspective Collective without the vowels. Mm -hmm. or, or and you could go to Perspective Podcast. Mm -hmm. Then, oh, go ahead. 
No, I like to just make a jingle. It's PRS PC TV CLLC TV. Oh, I like it. You need to sing it a little bit better. You want to try it again? <laughs> no, I haven't practiced that part. In my head, it, it's easier. So, I like it. It sounds like something like Elmo would do. Maybe you can get a puppet <laughs> yeah. and you, you could count, you count chocula or something. Yeah, you could have a a little. Oh, somebody. So and then you could always go to perspectivepodcast.com and then also perspective-collective.com. So again, mm -hmm. if you're talking about the difference, really you're able to reach you to find you as a designer and illustrator letterer that could do work, you know, through perspective-collective, but it's also kind of the mothership for yep. everything, everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So. That's, that's where I exist the most. Well, I know you have to go back to work. So no, I'm just taking the rest of the day oh, off. Sweet. Yeah. Anyway, I am super thankful. Thank you so much for everybody who came. Yeah, thank and you so much for being here. Paige, we need to talk. I'm going to send you an intro email with her after um, after we get off. Jason. <laughs> he uh, said he sent you a text. Yeah, I see it. So... <laughs> Um, anyway, thank you guys. And next week is going to be a little different. So we're, um, Chris Doe is coming on and he's going to bridge the gap between this scaling your business. Cause he's definitely done that. And then going from, um, the struggle to the soar and soar meaning like flying your, your, you've got your wings all the way stretched out and you're using the wind and you're going. So, um, I met Chris um, back in February as a result of Jason Frostholm had put a tweet out and then him and I just connected and we really clicked. Um, and so I'm really excited to have him on next week. Him and I talked last night and so I have getting him his questions today and I'm, I'm excited that you guys are good to hear, um, how he has scaled his business, but also we're going to do half of it as, um, He's really helped me trying to get Design Recharge to get a little bit more traction, which I really appreciate. And so I'm trying to implement some new things. So you'll be seeing some things. Amy's helping me out with some of them, and Kim's helping me as well. So I really appreciate to you guys, Amy Lyons and Kim Pinella, for helping me. And Scotty, I have one more question. Do you think that you've gotten to be a better writer as you've continued to write? Oh, most definitely. That's, that's why, it. like how, like, I just like, do you get words come easier or it just words like, come easier? You start finding your thoughts a little bit better. Mm -hmm. You start, you know, when I wrote in the beginning, I wasn't like writing how I would normally talk my goofy sense of humor. I was just so serious, but now it's like, I can be more descriptive and, and public speaking has helped me become a better writer. So, um, teaching people how to public speak has helped me become a better writer, storyteller. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and showing a little bit more of my personality in it for sure. So that's the hardest part when you it, write at the beginning, it's just like, it's not you. The mask, right? Yeah. It's the mask. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am excited to try. I've committed to 30 minutes a week. Um, that's, that's I know that time. doesn't sound like a lot, but, um, my friend from high school and I are doing this. She did a lot more time, but she's a therapist. She can write more than I can. So, but it, it's hard. I think it's hard to get that out. I haven't shared any of it, literally just writing with a pen, but I think it's important to the reflect. Hard helps. It does, but I, I haven't, I don't spend enough time in reflection, I think. Mm. And yeah. so that's, I don't know if you do that when you're in the gym or if you have earbuds in, you're listening to something, 
or if it's just the quiet? It's the quiet for me. I, I make some quiet time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the way you said quiet time. I make some quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so aim. Oh, Jason asked, Jason Craig said, how does it make you feel that she can write more than you? Oh, I don't mind. Everybody can do lots of things better than me. Oh, it's a therapist joke, I guess. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm so not, I'm so not hip. Like, I don't get it. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm just, do you get it? Scotty? With his, it was inside you the whole time thing? No, she said she was a therapist. Yes. I can't remember. I'm not oh. seeing where it's at. I know. Here, it's in, does, how does it make you feel that she can write more than you, Diane? Therapist joke. My friend Amy. I guess. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. I don't get it. I definitely. Anyway, um, Scotty, thank you. I'm no problems. I sure love you, and I'm very thankful that you're my friend. Yes, love you guys too. Thank you, everyone, for being here, and thank you for having me on. Of course. Any anyway. Mahalo. Yes, for sure. All right. Um, Amy said it's the typical joke about the Thanks, therapist Amy. is they ask. How does that make you feel? Oh, haha, I get it now. I'm sorry. I'm just a dork. So, oh, well, I guess that's how I put my personality in there. I don't get jokes, clearly. <laughs> anyway, right. oh, go ahead. I'm, go ahead. You can say bye, and then I'm going to sign off. Adios, everyone. Okay. Connect with me. Peace.